The Powers on Sports podcast is brought to you by TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and our real estate agent in the state of Florida, Star Alvarado. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. He's the run of the play. He is safe. Nice this is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome in, folks. Appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. We had a wild week of meltdowns on the field, on the sidelines, on the golf course, lots of college football. We got Major League Baseball playoffs. We're getting into the at about the midpoint of the college football season. We've got to about the quarter pole of the NFL season. So lots of stuff going on here in the sports world. And we're going to bring you all those great things here, uh, here on the Powers on Sports podcast. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, you can also find us on X at JPO Sports, as well as on YouTube at the Jason Power Sports channel if you want to check out all the video interviews. Uh, so again, appreciate you finding us. Um, Again, we got a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk to Chris Perez. Chris is former uh, MLB, two-time MLB All-Star closer. Uh, we're going to preview all the MLB baseball playoffs, the, the wild card rounds that are ongoing now. And we will also look at the divisional rounds a little bit, and we'll pick some winners for you. Uh, going to talk a little uh, Ryder Cup. We're going to talk a little NFL, a little college football. I'm going to give you three picks for the weekend in which you can – Take to the bank or invest or do whatever you choose to do. Uh, how's your fantasy football team doing after four weeks? Well, I'm two and two in both of my kind of big leagues that I play in. So two up, two down for me in both of my leagues. How are you doing? A couple of, uh, I'll give you a couple of nuggets on a couple of guys to think about uh, if, you, if you're able to on your, on your waiver wire or maybe make a trade. I've got a bunch of bye week issues this week on my team. I got a bunch of guys off this week that I'm having to make do a makeshift lineup. So having to figure that out. So before we get to Chris Perez, let me hit on a couple of uh, topics and, and notes from from the from the weekend and lead into this week. One, I want to start with Trent Dofer. If you saw the uh, Trent Dofer, the former uh, NFL quarterback, now the head coach at UAB. If you saw on social media, he had a vicious tirade on one of his assistant coaches on the sidelines. Uh, UAB was playing Tulane. There was a substitution infraction on UAB. Too many guys on the field got penalized, and at a critical moment of the game, UAB was actually very much in the game. It could have upset Tulane. Didn't end up doing it. But uh, Trent took a lot of heat over the weekend on social media, as he should have, for the tirade that he laid on one of his assistant coaches. Um, give Trent credit. He did come out in his press conference on Monday and, and vehemently apologized for his behavior. Um, he, he, I think he realizes that it, that it was over the top and, and it was, uh, it, nothing wrong with getting on an assistant coach, but he was, he went ballistic on the sidelines on the assistant, uh, for the, for the, for the error. 
Um, Trent's going to be a good coach. I think he's he, he's the coach of my alma mater, UAB. I think he's going to be a good coach. Again, I think it's a learning moment for Trent. Uh, but give Trent credit for uh, coming out and uh, owning up to what he did and and and, and knowing that what he did what what wasn't wasn't right. And so give give Trent Doe for a little credit. Again, not acceptable behavior for what he did, but again, give him credit for uh, coming out and uh, t- taking ownership and accountability for what he did on the sidelines. Speaking of another meltdown, how about this meltdown on the field? How about UCF? Did you see UCF and Baylor over the weekend? UCF's up 35-7 to with about four minutes left in the third quarter and lose 36-35 in their home opener of the Big 12 conference play in their first year in the Big 12. Uh, what, a, what a colossal uh, meltdown in Orlando. Uh, give Dave Aranda credit and the Baylor Bears for for, uh, for for coming back from 35-10 down. And from a coaching perspective, give Dave Aranda also some credit. At 35-7, late third quarter, he kicked a field goal and got points instead of just randomly going for it every single time. So I give Aranda credit for, for methodically getting back in the game. They outscored UCF 26-0 in the fourth quarter after they kicked that field goal late in the third quarter. So gave, give Dave Miranda credit for taking the points when they're available. Too many of these coaches, whether it's a college in the NFL, think the only way to go is to go for it on fourth down every time and not take points. Take the points when you have an opportunity to take the points. Not every situation dictates you take the points. If it's fourth and a half a yard, I understand going for it. But when it's fourth and two, fourth three, fourth and four, and you're in scoring position, take the points early in these games. Um, yeah, obviously, once you get into the fourth quarter with probably 10 minutes left in the game, your strategy has to change a little bit. But when the game is still in in the balance, take the points. Too many of these NFL and college coaches are, are panicking and not taking the points. Same with these two-point conversions that these teams are going for way early in the game. Kick the extra point, take the points, and don't chase points down the road. So, uh, but it, but again, a US, UCF meltdown in Orlando. Give credit to Baylor and Dave Aranda for for uh, a tremendous comeback on the road in Orlando. So, next point, Brandon Staley. This guy just keeps going for it and keeps getting burned. This guy goes for it again, up twenty four seventeen. Goes for it again on his own 24-yard line. Fourth and one, doesn't make it, and the Raiders almost tie the game. Two weeks in a row, Staley's gone for it on his own 25- to 30-yard line. Winning in the game in the last three minutes of the game, this guy's going to lose his job eventually. It's just a matter of when, not if. It's a matter of when he's going to get burned by by going for it recklessly. Again, not a, no problems if you want to go for it at the 40-yard line, fourth and one. But when you continuously are reckless, you are eventually going to get burned. And Brandon Staley is eventually going to get burned. Even though he got away with the last two weeks, now they're 2-2 and heading into their bye week. The time will come when Brandon Staley hangs by the noose because of his decision-making here in these in-game decisions. So um, beware, Brandon Staley, beware, because it's coming. All right, next topic. How about 10 sacks for the Seattle Seahawks on Daniel Jones on Monday night? Are you kidding me? 10 sacks, and and we're blaming Daniel Jones? And I know Daniel Jones had a terrible interception that went back 95 yards, 97 yards for a touchdown. I get it. Bad interception at a time in the game that the game was still in the balance. But 10 sacks, Giants, can we – 
I mean, that is hard to do if you're if you're if, if you're an offensive line in that league. I don't care how bad, how good the defense is, and Seattle's defense ain't great. They're good, not great, but to give up ten sacks is an absolute abomination, and you should be embarrassed if you're Brian Dayball. Long year for the Giants. Saquon still hurt. No offense. No no wide receiver threat. You got Waller at tight end who's okay, and the defense ain't great. Going to be a long year in MetLife for Dayball and the Giants. Zach Wilson. Everybody says Zach Wilson. Oh, my God. It was, it's, it's, a, it's a coming out party for Zach Wilson. He played good on Sunday night against the Chiefs. Yeah, he played good. But guess what he also did at the, at the moment of truth when the game was still tied? He dropped the freaking snap, which led to the Kansas City fumble recovery, which led to Kansas City uh, icing the game. So I'm still not a believer in Zach Wilson at all. He had a good game. Give him credit. Played a couple good quarters. But he still had a couple of fatal errors in that game that are that that are the type of errors that you can't move forward with a guy like Zach Wilson moving forward. So, um, you know, good for the kid that he had a decent game. But let's don't say that he's had his coming out party and that he's going to be he's going to resurrect the Jets this year because I just do not see that happening. Last point I want to hit on before we get to uh, Chris Perez again. First of all, not a not a great college football slate either this week. A couple of good games: Alabama, Texas A and M. That that's probably the, the marquee game. Uh, you got a couple of other games. Let's see here. You got Oklahoma, Texas. That could be a good game. The Red River rivalry will be a good game. Both teams undefeated. Uh, good for uh, that game to be back in the high profile moment. There. That'll be the ESPN game on Saturday at twelve o'clock. You'll have Herb Street and Fowler at the. Uh, Texas State Fair, huge game for Texas. If they can win that game, I definitely see them running the table. Uh, but again, in another in a, in a prove it game for Oklahoma. Brett Venables, year two, uh, has has seems like he's righted the ship there at Oklahoma. They've been flying on offense. Can their defense hold up against a powerful Texas offense as well as a stout Texas defense? So it'll be interesting. Uh, game there in uh, Dallas, and then you have the uh, the other big game in Texas is A and M hosts Alabama on three thirty on Saturday. That'll be the CBS game. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban. The West of the SEC, the SEC West is wide open now with LSU now losing a second game. Huge, huge game for A and M and Alabama to take 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 control of the SEC West. Max Johnson at the helm for A and M. You got the. QB struggles with Milrow at Alabama. Who could? I think this will be a low-scoring game, um, but I do think that will be a can be a big, big game in the SEC West to see who can get to Atlanta to potentially play Georgia. Uh, again, not a lot of not a lot of great not a lot of great uh, games on the ledger this this week. You got a tricky game with Notre Dame and Louisville. You got Kentucky, Georgia is a ranked uh, ranked game, but uh, the docket in the in the college football world is not great this week. Last point I want to hit on is the um, let's hit on a couple surprise teams in the NFL. How about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers three and one go on the road to beat Minnesota week one, go on the road and thump the New Orleans Saints last weekend. Huge game. David Carr play. I mean Derek Carr plays. Give Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles credit. They are playing very well. That defense is playing electric again, like the Super Bowl year. The Bucs go into their bye week three and one. Very, very impressed with what I've seen out of Tampa Bay. New offensive scheme. No more, obviously, new offensive coordinator. Dave Canales doing an excellent job. The offense is getting a little better every week. They're not fantastic yet, but they're getting a little better every week. I like what I see out of Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers. How about the Houston Texans? 
Seems like they found a quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Manhandled the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were in all kind of disarray. Now, Kenny Pickett hurt. The offense is just in a disaster in Pittsburgh. But give D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans credit. Nice win two weeks ago at Jacksonville. Follow it up with a win at Pittsburgh, or home against Pittsburgh. C.J. Stroud playing very, very well for the Houston Texans. So give the Texans credit. I told you last week I thought Buffalo was the play last week. Buffalo thumped Miami. Give Buffalo credit and give give this Bills team is kind of a uh, – I like what I see out of the Buffalo Bills as well. So let's give the Bills some credit. How about the Washington Commanders? Should Rivera have gone for two last week after you score on the last play of the game to t- potentially tie the game? I don't have a big issue with him kicking the extra point because if, if you remember in the overtime, Terry McLaurin is one half of an inch away from it being about a 35-yard catch in, in scoring position in overtime with Washington with the ball. So I don't have a huge problem with him not going for two there. Um, you played a great game. You don't want to put the whole game on one play. Sam Howell played really well. I like what I'm seeing out of Sam Howell, so give him credit. And how uh, how you know just a tough loss for the or for the uh, Commanders in overtime. Elliott kicks a 54-yard field goal, and for all my field goal kicking buddies out there, that's how you kick a ball pretty. That's how you center cut a ball from 54 yards. What Jake Elliott did in overtime there. What a kick. Perfectly pure kick there and, and such for Jake Elliott. And the Eagles are now 4-0. Uh, and then you have the big Sunday night matchup this week with the with the 49ers and the Cowboys out in Santa Clara. 49ers 4-0. Dallas comes in 3-1. Dallas thumps the Patriots. Uh, 49ers ho-hum their way through the Cardinals. Should be a great game on Sunday night football as well. So um, some good some good news and notes. You got the first buy, set of bye weeks in the NFL I think it's Tampa, Cleveland, the Chargers, and there might be one other team that's off, but the first uh, bye week start this week as we head into week five. You got problems in New England with uh, Mac Jones and company. You got big problems in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. He's clearly not healthy, can't move around. We'll be interested to see what they do with uh, Joe Burrow here moving forward. And then obviously you have the, uh, the Denver Jets Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett Bowl this week. All this, obviously, all the comments over the week, over the offseason by Sean Payton about Nathaniel Hackett's job in Denver last year. That game happens this week in Denver. Uh, a little bit different set of circumstances. No Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Denver's has been historically bad on defense and, and such. So we, we'll see what uh, how that game unfolds in Mile High Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then you have. Uh, Interesting game, Kansas City, Minnesota, Sunday afternoon as well. Uh, again, uh, so we'll see how that stuff goes. Last note I want to talk to mention before we get to Chris Perez is the Ryder Cup. U.S. loses the Ryder Cup to Europe uh, pretty pretty uh, emphatically. What I want to comment on is the comments you keep hearing out of the U.S. players about, Oh my God, how much we're not getting paid and this and that about money and demanding they get money. For those of you that don't know, uh, they all get paid a little bit of money. I don't know what the I don't know what the exact payout is, but what I do know is every one of their players on the team is part of the deal. They get two a two hundred thousand dollar donation to a charity of their choice, whether it's their own foundation or whatever charity. So every player gets two hundred grand donated to their own charity. And for guys like Cantlay and Shawflay to be demanding the the, the the money, 
please, guys, if you don't want to play for your country one weekend a one one week one weekend a year, once every two years, I get it. You want to get paid? I get it. Lots of people are making money on the Ryder Cup. I get it. There's huge TV revenue being generated, and maybe you should get a little piece of the pie. But when you're making that public. That you, you the reason that you're concerned about how much money you're getting paid in the one event that's kind of a, a a global for your for your country patriotic event that the Ryder Cup is. I don't want to hear any baloney bullshit whatever you want to say about your guy about how much money you're not making. You wonder why the Europeans have a little more camaraderie, teamwork. It seems like over the years than the United States. Those are the reasons. These guys that are complaining can't lays the shaw lays of the world. You guys are gazillionaires. Stop making everything a financial decision for you. Stop having money be the first thing on the top of your mind and start worrying about playing better golf in these in, in this event and ch- go try to win a game a, a match on the road. You play you guys as a team, you were pathetic as a not pathetic, I won't say pathetic. You were average at best as a team over the weekend. The Europeans, you can just tell the Europeans take this event more seriously. More with more patriotism, with more uh, team camaraderie than the U.S. does, uh, and it shows on the court. Course um, again, should these guys be paid a little bit for their for their for their efforts? Absolutely. But when that's the at the forefront of their thought process, and and you're complaining that you're not getting all the money that you think you should you, that that you should be getting paid an exorbitant amount of money for a weekend, please, man. If you don't want to be on the team, don't be on the team. Say, hey, you know what? I'm not getting paid enough. I'm not going to do it. I'd respect that. But don't make that at the forefront and the, the word gets out that you're negotiating over how much money you're getting, should be getting, and why am I, why am I not getting paid more money? You know, the hat doesn't fit a well. You know, Cantlay doesn't wear a hat because he said he, he can't find a hat that fits him well enough. Are you kidding me, bro? Really? And thus he doesn't wear a hat that says USA on it. Not 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 down with that one bit. Down on the U.S. Ryder Cup team after the antics over the weekend. So, there's some notes for you. Let me give you three picks for the weekend in the and uh, in, in the football world. I like the Philadelphia Eagles minus four and a half on Sunday at the Rams. I think it's time for them to put one together here and, and, and beat beat a team pretty convincingly. I like the uh, Denver Broncos minus one and a half at home. In the in the uh, Nathaniel Hackett Bowl, still not a believer in Zach, in Zach Wilson. So give me Philadelphia, give me Denver, uh, and I'm going to do a two team teaser in the college football. I'm going to tease down Georgia six points to minus eight and a half, and I'm also going to the other back half of this teaser. I'm going to tease up Texas A&M. Plus eight and a half. So give me Georgia and A and M two team teaser. A and M plus eight and a half. Georgia down to eight and a half, minus eight and a half. Give me Philadelphia in the NFL and give me Denver in the NFL as well. There's your powers three picks for the week. Enjoy Chris Perez. You're gonna hear a great chat with Chris about um, all things MLB, all the things behind the scenes, players leading into the playoffs, playoff pressure, managerial stuff. Um, 
you know, all the things from behind the scenes. Chris Perez, two-time MLB All-Star. Uh, we're going to give a little shout-out to Tito Francona, who's retiring as well. So enjoy the conversation with Chris Perez. Appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember, I also host the Florida Football Insiders podcast if you're a college football fan here in, this, in the state of Florida. All things NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no quarter given podcast. Check out the uh, YouTube channel. All the interviews for all the podcasts are on the interview are on the YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel, and on X at JPO Sports. Love to hear from you. Give the give the podcast a retweet, uh, a, a listen, forward it to your friends, sports fans. We try to give you lots of content, lots of good guests, and all the all the rest. So appreciate you finding us, Powers on Sports Podcast. Enjoy Chris Perez. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase, 205-790-1404. Well, the fall football season and fall sports calendar is finally here, and there's no better place to buy your tickets, whether it's for the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, or any sporting event in between in in the fall months of August through December, then TicketSmarter.com. TicketSmarter is your secondary marketplace to go for all of your sports ticket needs, whether it's NHL coming up, Major League Baseball, college football, your favorite NFL team, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com is the place to go. And for your first-time purchase, you will get $10 off your first $100 order. All you have to do is use the code POWERS10. Again, go to TicketSmarter.com and use the code POWERS10 to enjoy $10 off your first order of $100 or more. That's TicketSmarter.com for all of your ticket needs this fall. All right, welcome back, Powers on Sports Podcast. Well, we have finally reached the end of the marathon, and now we are into the good stuff in the Major League Baseball season. Baseball playoffs are in full swing this week with the Wild Card Series. If you don't... uh, don't know. It's a wild card season. It's going to be best of three. All three games are going to be at the home team sites. So you're going to have wild card games in Tampa, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and Milwaukee uh, all throughout uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week. So divisional series will start this weekend. We've got the, the, the buys in the American League are Baltimore and Houston. And in the National League are Atlanta and L.A., so they're going to have a little time off to get their pitching in order and injury uh, situations remedied and all that good stuff. And no better person to talk all things MLB playoffs and guy who's been in the playoffs before, 
So we're going to talk a little pressure. We're going to talk about managing teams, players to look at. Chris Perez, our Major League Baseball analyst, former closer with uh, several teams in the major leagues, and our guy here in the Tampa Bay area. So welcome back, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. All good on your end? Yeah, all good. I'm excited to watch these games start today. Um, unfortunately, they gave the Rays the worst slots, but <laughs> it, is, <laughs> well, it is what it nothing, is. <laughs> nothing unusual there with the TV. But speaking of TV, you got an interesting kind of dynamics this year. You have a lot of big market teams not in the playoffs. Yankees, Boston, Chicago, you know, obviously the, the, the executives at ESPN and Turner and Fox are not probably thrilled about that one bit, huh? Yeah, uh, not an ideal matchup, but I think they might get, you know, they might get a good one in the, in the finals. But, uh, yeah, not not the usual powerhouses. But you still have L.A., you still have Philly, you got Houston, uh, pretty big markets, but uh, not the Blue Bloods, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, before we get to the matchups, let's talk about a little bit of heartbreak. I mean, a team, you know, a couple teams that most people thought a month ago were going to make it, the Cubs and the Mariners. Boy, they had they had swoons in September, man. How how devastating is gonna be for those two ball clubs? Not that they were locked to make it, but they were just really trending that they were gonna make it, and both of them really collapsed in the last month of September. Yeah, it's unfortunate if you're on that team. Uh, you know, those games all matter at the you know, every game matters, but at the end when you can see the finish line and and you have I, I think the Cubs six weeks ago had a you know, they were playing good ball. They were they were at second in the wild card, I think, and then they just like you said, collapsed. Uh, it happens. Um, it's unfortunate if you're on the team, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all part of the process. Uh, you know, the Cubs can use this as experience going into next year. Uh, they got a lot of positives. The Mariners, it's a little more disappointing after last year's season making the playoffs, and, and you would think they would take that next step and, and be like a AL championship contender. Um, it just didn't happen. You know, their their division ended up being a little more competitive than I think people realized. Uh, you know, Texas had came on strong there. Uh, once once they once they got their whole team back, Seager missed a little time at the beginning, uh, but then played like an MVP candidate. So, um, you know, back to the drawing board if you're if you're up there, um, you know, they, they have a lot of talent up there. It's just uh, they kind of got off to a slow start this year and it cost them at the end. And then you saw Cincinnati team, Cincinnati, the young, the young, the young up and coming guys. They don't make a move at the trade deadline. They kind of make the decision. We're going to go with the youngsters and. They just run out of pitching, and some of the young guys kind of hit that rookie. I don't, I don't know if it's a rookie wall, but just play play like young players. Sometimes they they had some slumps, and Dela Cruz kind of had, when it was very up and down the last couple months of the year. Uh, speak on Cincinnati for a minute. I think that I think the front office uh, took a big big picture. You know, took a step back and looked at the big picture at the All Star break, and and uh, they're building for the future. And and why give up some young talent just to get to the playoffs this year? Um, but at the same time, uh, for a fan base that hasn't been in the playoffs in a while and, and got, you know, Joey Votto's maybe his last year, um, it's kind of disappointing they didn't go for it, especially in that division. That division wasn't the strongest. Uh, right. But you got to like what they have coming from. I mean, like you said, all the young players, uh, some of their young pitching did hit a wall um, and it's going to happen. It's just you can't replicate the, those innings anywhere else and until you go through it. Um, but they're a young, exciting team, a lot of position players that are that got their, you know, got got to play meaningful baseball in September and, and that's going to carry forward for the next year. Uh, you know, you had a free agent pitcher here, a, a couple of the young guys take a step up in the rotation. And now, you know, they, they might be one of the favorites for the central next year. 
Talk about a couple of obviously uh, Black Monday in the baseball world happens this week. Had a couple managers get let go. Phil Nevin in, in Anaheim, Tito Francona, which is a guy I know you know a little bit, probably probably going to retire. Uh, we don't know the fate yet of uh, Aaron Boone in New York. What are just your thoughts on the managerial moves that have been made? Maybe your thought on maybe what happens in New York. Uh, well, yeah, I think Tito's going to retire and, uh, you know, wait his four or five years and go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the, you know, modern day best managers uh, he has been around the game a long time in some big markets and, and has won. Um, and, and you don't really hear any bad stories about him. And uh, he's a great guy and a great manager. And, uh, you know, I think that Cleveland sent him off right that last game. Um, the Angels situation, I feel like it's basically they want to clean. They want a clear slate to offer Otani, you know, like, hey. We're starting over. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a say maybe in who the next manager is. Um, that's that's something they're going to try to offer him in free agency. And, and uh, if you look at their organization, I think Phil, Phil Nevin's a great baseball guy. Um, I don't think it was his fault that they didn't play better this year. Uh, just the way that, that that team's been run the last four or five years is – I mean, I looked at – I think they had like four draft picks from last year make it to the majors this year. That's just – it was almost like seeing what they had and giving them experience. It's just a, it's a weird situation over there. New York. Uh, I had a discussion yesterday with a buddy of mine. I'm like, who, who, who's out there? Like, who are you going to get? You, are you right. going to go, you know, you're going to go get Buck Walter who just failed in New York with the Mets. Like there, sometimes uh, there is no addition by subtraction. So I think, I think Boone handles the New York media as well as most managers can. Um, as long as him and, and Cashman are on the same page with acquisitions and, and, and they have the same vision going forward, I don't, I, I don't see a reason to not have him back. Um, they still finished over 500 this year. They had a bunch of injuries. I mean, everybody did, but, uh, you know, it's, sometimes you get caught up in like, oh, we need to change. We need to change. Like, who are you going to get? Like, who's better in that situation right now at this point? The players like him. Judges come out for him. Uh, and that's, you know, that's your most important players, Judge. And I think Garrett Cole doesn't have any problems with him. So, you know, maybe they make a little adjustments here on the staff or, or you know, I, I think their analytics division has been getting a lot of, um, you know, getting run through the mud a little bit this year. And, and that's a place where I think, you know, you're starting to see teams that have been in the game, the analytics game for 9, 10, 11 years, like the Rays, like the Dodgers, like the Astros. You see them constantly winning. The Yankees have always been competitive since I've been, you know, around. And, and that's basically when I was a kid, it was because they outpaid everybody. And now it's just, a, they, you know, the finish over 500 for 20 something years, it's crazy uh, in baseball, especially in that market. So, you know, I think if judge doesn't get hurt, it's a totally different season. Um, but you can say that for a lot of teams. So uh, I think, I think Boone, when it's all said and done is the right man for the job. And, and you know, you, you circle the wagons next year and I, they didn't get anything out of Carlos Rodon this year. And he was terrible. Right. Uh, Frankie Montas didn't pitch more than an inning or two. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not as bad as the Yankee fans are, are making it out to be. Going back to Otani and the Angels, if the Angels don't sign Otani, do you think this is the end of Mike Trout in Anaheim? Do you think they finally maybe make a, make a deal there? And, you know, there was some talk that he's, he would be open to a trade potentially and all that stuff if Otani doesn't come back. If the Angels wanted, do you think the Angels just completely start over if Otani leaves? I don't, I don't think so. I think you have to keep one of those guys. Uh, you know, it is still a, a fan driven business and I don't think the angels, you know, they're not as, you know, diehard and crazy as Philly or New York or Boston, but they still, you know, they still spend their hard earned money at, at the stadium and they don't want to, you know, the yeah. lost, you know, you still want to have somebody that that's <laughs> can give you some hope. 
Uh, I know Trout's been dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff the last few years, but, um, you know, he still has a lot of baseball in him. Uh, the, yeah, the key is Otani, obviously. Uh, you know, if, if part of having to bring Otani back is getting rid of Trout, I think they make that, that deal. Um, but if you lose Otani, I don't think – I mean, I don't think he, they can get rid of Trout too. Yeah, he's 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 a generational guy still. I know he's been injured a little more regularly the last couple of years, but he's still top four or five player in the whole in all of the sport when he's when he's healthy and right. All right, let's get to the teams that are winning, that are producing in their market, and you know we've got some small market team. I mean, who would have thought the the Florida Marlins in the playoffs? Who would have thought Arizona makes it in the in the Diamondbacks? Uh, even Texas. I mean, Texas. I know they had a lot of payroll, but a new team, a new manager, Bochy, and all that, and give them credit. So, um, wh- which of the four series you got? Tampa, Texas, Miami, Philly, Toronto, Minnesota, Arizona, Milwaukee. Which one going into it kind of gives you the most intrigue? Um, I, that's a good question. Uh, you know, Tampa, Texas. Uh, it's basically offense against pitching. Uh, and the age old adage is, you know, pitching and defense wins championships. Um, the Arizona and Milwaukee, I feel like it's just a, a weird matchup because we haven't seen it that much. You know, like right. I know they're both in the NL, but I mean, the, you know, the Diamondbacks have a up and coming team kind of, and uh, Milwaukee has been pretty competitive the last four or five years. You know, some years they haven't, but um, I, 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 the news of Woodruff missing the the series right. it could be a big could be a big pendulum swing. Uh, you know, Arizona's top two pitchers are, are pretty good. Gallons and Ace. Yeah, uh, he's, you know he's gonna he's gonna pitch well and keep you in the game, and then uh, you know Corbin, who's their second guy? Uh, I think it's Merrill Kelly. That's right, uh, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. and he's a good pitcher too. Uh, you know, a veteran's been around. Uh, I know he pitched in the World Baseball Classic and kind of had a rough rough go of it. I think I, I, if you look back, I think everybody that played in the Classic got off to minus Freddie Freeman got off to like a bad start this year. Um, so that that does affect stuff. So. Uh, for the most interesting, uh, you know, I, I, Toronto, Minnesota. That's uh, right. You know, I think Minnesota's top five in pitching. They have they have some, you know, two. You know, Pablo Lopez is a you know a bona fide ace, and, and then you have Sonny Gray, who's a veteran that that's been pitching well too. And um, Minnesota had, you know, they have to be so glad that the Yankees aren't in the playoffs. It feels like the Yankees right. elim- eliminate them every year, every time they make it. So I think they're happy just to be facing somebody different. Uh, they have the home field advantage, and this time of year, Minnesota is not a warm place to play. Right. Um, it could be rainy and drizzly and cold. I'm going to go with the pitching in, in, in both the tech, uh, both Texas and Tampa. I think Tampa has the better pitching, and, and same with Minnesota against the the Blue Jays. I think Minnesota has the better pitching. They're going to pull it out. Let's talk about some playoff pressure. Obviously, a part of the game that's going to be vital is I mean, we know the all these teams got pretty decent starters, and some teams have better starters, but you still got to get the last nine outs of the game and the, the bullpens, and especially what you did for a living closing. Playoff pressures, closing a game this week is going to be much different than it was a month ago. And, you know, the oh. pressure and, uh, and uh, you know, all the dynamics that go into it. You mentioned the weather. You could have some chilly weather in some di- different spots. Just talk about just dealing with playoff pressure. I mean, it's a different animal as, as it is in the regular season. Talk about is there anything you guys as players can talk about it? Do you Does the manager talk about it or do you just – you just have to focus a little more. How do you guys handle the difference in playoff pressure? Yeah, you just got to focus more. Like you said, uh, there's really nothing you can change. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard to replicate that kind of atmosphere in the regular season or in, you know, obviously in your amateur career. It's just not the same uh, until you go through it, until you perform in it and, and deal with the adrenaline and, and all that stuff. Uh, it's hard to, you know, all these young guys are getting their first chance. 
it's it's kind of like opening day times three just all the emotions and the you know you, at the end of the game you're going to feel drained just because of the you know the adrenaline spikes and then you know the way baseball is and it kind of ebbs it ebbs and flows so whatever team can can kind of you know you look at somebody like Randy or Rosarena he just seems to slow down the moments and uh, whatever you know if it's a breathing pattern or just it's going to be hard with all, no timeouts uh right you know, the, pitch, the pitch clock will affect right that tells you. it's great especially, that's a great point yeah especially playoff baseball uh you know there is a, a time where you need to you know collect your thoughts and, and just reset and, and take a break and take a deep breath and, and, and go back at it. But there, there's none of that anymore with this clock. So that might actually come into play a little more than the regular season. Right. You might see a couple point. more, you might see a couple more violations than you're used to. And you, cause you know, when you're on the mound, you're thinking of bunt defenses now because every run matters. And, you know, uh, a walk becomes a rally and an air can, can tear apart your inning. And, and now, oh, now I have seven seconds to get back on the mound. So you might see a couple of guys just forget about the pitch clock and, and, you know, boom, there's a, there's a violation. And they might take one on purpose too, just to get their emotions under control. You might see that too, in a big situation, a closer's up O2 or something. And, and yeah, you might see him walk around and just say, you know, whatever. Uh, I take think, a ball. I, yeah. I think, I think guys have kind of found uh, a little workaround. Like, you know, you can, you can ask for a new ball and, and it, it resets the clock. You might see a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> hitters might all of a sudden have stuff in their eye you know you'll see them like <laughs> i have something in my eye i need a couple extra seconds uh it's gonna be some gamesmanship for sure some of the veteran pitchers you know uh, um, i know scherzer did it early in the year where, where they kind of quick pitch they come set and they just quick you're gonna see all kinds of things i think uh it is part of the game now uh, so yeah whatever teams can can slow the moment down obviously the guys that have been there done that the astros they won the championship last year uh, you know, there, there's no bigger pressure than the World Series. So this is just a regular wild card series for them. You know, like they've been there, done that. The Dodgers are the same way, the Braves. Um, but at the time, at the same time, uh, every 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 game's different. Every situation's different. So the guys that can slow it down and, and go back, trust their stuff are the ones that are going to do better. Who do you think is harder on as far as when the pressure mounts, the mental pressure? Is it harder on the pitcher? Is it harder on the hitter? Ah, that's a good question. Uh I think it depends on the matchups. Uh, you know, some some guys, you know, especially if it's a home game and the whole, you know, it's a big situation. Like last year, I think back to that home run that Harper hit in the NLCS. Um, you know, the home, a home crowd, everybody on their feet, bases loaded. Um, you know, that's that's kind of what you, you either embrace it or, or you shy away from it. And, and I think your personality during the course of the season can kind of show guys who's going to embrace that moment or want that moment that, you know, the, I said to Rosarena earlier, you know, he's – his, he seems always the World Baseball Classic, the 2020 playoffs. He always seems to shine on a big stage. And uh, if you look throughout history, there's been guys that can do that. Jeter comes to mind in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Pitching-wise, you know, uh, Madison Bumgarner pretty much put the Giants on his back a couple times. So some guys embrace it and other guys, uh, you know, kind of just don't want <laughs> – they don't want it. But um, yeah. it's going to be interesting for sure. That's why we watch. Yeah, and then guys, you know, the guys that do what you do, close, you guys got – you know the, the the historically great ones, the Riveras of the world that never that never crumbled in the playoffs, and you know just were always so good. And then you've got a guy who's you got a, a the interesting guy this year to me is a guy that's had some great moments and he's had some awful moments as the closer, Kimbrel. I mean, <laughs> Kimbrel is just so up and down and yo yo, and you know yep. he can be devastating. And other days he can, can't throw a strike and he walks five guys. Yeah, yeah. So. Same, kind of same with Chapman since he's been with the Rangers. Uh, he hasn't right. been the 
Like he, you know, in Kansas City, I mean, last year in New York, he kind of had a, a bad yeah. end of the year. Yeah, it's a, uh, you never know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. You know, Kimbrell's been around forever. He's been, you know, closing games and playoffs for different teams, and he's been on a lot of good teams. And, uh, you know, it's it's a different animal. Uh, these 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 hitters are good too. Talk about, um, let's talk about playoff managers a little bit. You've got some young guys. You've got the guy uh, Schumacher in Florida is a young, you know, pretty pretty young guy. Obviously, you got the older guy Bochi. You got Cash, who's kind of been around for a while. You've got, you know, Minnesota with your guy Rocco Baldelli, is a former Ray. You got a council in Milwaukee, is a veteran. You got Arizona guys never been there before. Talk about the variety of experience levels in these managers. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's this is what they you know make their names on usually. Bochi obviously has the most experience. Uh, with his three championships and, and he took the Padres to the world series too, when he was there, um, you know, cash, I think he's one of the most under, I, I know he's one manager of the year three times, but the way he, the way he, he gets his team to buy in is, is you never hear about guys moaning about their playing time or where they hit in the order or when they come into pitch, he runs a really good ship. Uh, he's been there, you know, this, I don't know, five or six years in a row. Now the Rays have been there, um, but he's going to start feeling that pressure. He, he needs to, you know, yeah. try to bring, home a championship um he made that you know the, that controversial decision in 2020 with Blake Snell in the, right. the series so like he's right. kind of got that monkey on his back if he gets in a similar situation today or, or you know during this run of course he's going to think about that um and then my personal I'm personally rooting for Miami uh their first base coach was actually uh, a college teammate of mine uh he was in my wedding John Jay nice and, uh, I played with Skip Schumacher with the coming up with the Cardinals and a little bit in AAA and a little bit in the big league. So sentimentally, I, I'm cheering for them. Um, I, they took a blow too, uh, losing Alcantara. Yeah, uh, right. But at, at this time of year, I mean, everybody's can can point to somebody that they've lost, or you know, the the Rangers don't have Degrom, and the you know the Rays don't have uh, McClanahan, and right. Uh, right, you know, the Dodgers the Dodgers don't have two or three starters. So like at this time of year, everybody's just kind of you know circling the wagons and going with who who they got. So managing wise, you know, I think it's the, the X's and O's does come into it. You know, do I bunt here? Uh, you know, do I pinch hit here? Uh, who do I bring out of the bullpen? But right. I think this, this time of year, a lot of it is dealing with your team's mentality and and trying to, you know, not not make it seem like every game is do or, you know, this is the end of our season or until it is. But like just try to keep that same whatever whatever kind of team you had during the season, either it's, you know, a, a loose and, and fun loving kind of a team like the Rays usually are. Or if it's more of a business-like, you know, we've been here, done that, kind of like the Dodgers. Whatever your team was during the year, you can't change right now just because it's the playoffs. You lose that first game, you can't change because uh, the team picks up on that. Right. So, um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's it's kind of managing the egos, managing the the, the uh, feelings and the uh, bodies of the players right now. And with it being two out of three, I mean, it can be over quick. I mean, you won bad inning, two straight days, and the season's over, but kind of dealing – you know, yeah. these managers and these teams, if you're the manager, obviously the, the, the thing we remember about Kevin Cash from the last few years is taking out Snell and all that, the analytics versus what your eyes see in the playoff games. How yeah. long can you leave that starter in an extra 10 or 15 pitches to, to, to face that extra one more batter? Or do you go analytics says get them out of there after the fifth? In, you know, how do you think these managers will re, – will, will they just going to continue to do what they do? Or do you think – it's going to be more. I'm going to follow my eye, see, looking at the game. 
I think they're going to do what they do during the season. Honestly, uh, I, I think the Rays are going to do what they do. If it's the situation and it's the third time through the order and, and Cash is like, you know what, it's the sixth inning. I, I have a great bullpen. Uh, he's going to do it. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that 2020. Uh, I, 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 it's kind of like when you play blackjack. Uh, if you hit on 16 all the time, you can't switch right. it up. Right. The, right. So, uh, you know, they, they've made their bed with the analytics. It's gotten them to this point with the 97, 98 wins this year. 97, you know, they, they've had a great stretch. Uh, other guys like Baldelli and, and, and even Dave Roberts a little bit, they use their guts and they know their team. And, uh, you know, they're going to, same with uh, Dusty Baker in Houston. You know, they're going to, they're going to, I think those kind of baseball guys, they've seen so many innings. They've seen so many situations. Bruce Bochy, they, they've been in it through it all. I think, they rely at the end of the day, they rely on, on the analytics, yes, but then the gut. They're going to leave Verlander in to face that extra batter or two, or, you know, those kind of guys, the veteran. I, I mean, I, I, you know, based on your eyesight, if the guy's stuff isn't the same or he's getting right. hit around the park, obviously, but yeah, you know, bases loaded two outs, you got your all star closer or, or reliever in the bullpen, and you got Verlander on the mound. It's hard to take him off the mound, uh, you know, in, in that kind of a situation. All right, a couple more things. We'll have you pick some winners here. Give me a couple. Looking at the offensive side of things, you got some big, you got some big names. You got Harper in Philadelphia. You got, you know, in Texas, you got Seager and Simeon and those guys in Milwaukee. You got some more pitching. Toronto's the to to me. Toronto's kind of a sneaky team. You got a lot of big hitters that maybe didn't have great years, but they've got potential to be great offensively with the with the Blue Jays. Give me a couple guys that you like that you think can have a big wild card series. Yeah, uh, well, you look at you, you look. You said it. I think I think Seager is one of the best hitters right now going uh, with Texas. But that Rays pitching staff, they, they're kind of like the the Belichick of baseball right now. Like they look at what you do good and they make you do something different. And it takes you know the pitching. I've I've seen big big hitters come into the Tampa and just have terrible series because the pitching staff they they have a game plan from the you know from the from Kyle Snyder and, and they they execute it. Uh, so he may, you know, that's why I'm picking the Rays over Texas. I just think their pitching is going to be too good. Um, LA, I, I don't know if it's the weather or they got some kind of weird water over there, but the, the older guys are, are, are mashing, you know, you got Hayward had the, the biggest OPS of his career and Freddie Freeman's playing like he's 25 and Mookie Betts is still doing his best. And JD Martinez had to come back here. Um, I think, you know, between them and the Braves, they got so many options that uh, Max Muncie could get hot for a month and carry a team. Uh, I think the Braves, and and the the Dodgers coming into the postseason obviously have, have one of the strongest offenses. Nobody's talking really talking about Houston. They won the World Series last year. They had a bunch of injuries this year. They have everybody back now. Alvarez has been back for a while. Two days back, Tucker's had a great year. Jose Abreu kind of had an off year, but he's a dangerous hitter in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, nobody's really talking about that team. That's the defending champions. Um, and they I had think, to play for they had to play for all the marbles the last three weeks because yeah. they might have they, two day, three days ago they could have been out of the playoffs completely. And that and that matters. Uh, those games, those at bats late in September, were, you know, the Braves had everything locked up, you know, six weeks ago. And uh, I, I know they've still been playing good ball, but there's nothing like coming to the to the yard the last series of the year having the win. You know, like right. it's just same thing in the playoffs, right? So the, the right. Astros basically same with the Rays and the Orioles battling it out for the last month uh, right. for the. That keeps you sharp. That keeps the you know the rotation. It just it helps. Um, the the Dodgers and the Braves. Uh, the Dodgers have a lot of experience of of having not to play that that hard during September. But uh, and they're a veteran team. Uh, the Braves. Uh, I don't know how this break's going to go. Uh, you know, it, it does get their pitching in order. Um, they lost but, last year with the break. They had the no, break last year. Lost. 
it's 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 different. Uh, you know, Philly Philly's kind of running riding the momentum they had last year, kind of like the same thing. Um, they got some hitters too. That ballpark, Schwarber, can, you know, Harper, uh, Castellanos, uh, right. Bones. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, I, I actually think they're a good matchup for the Braves if they get there. Uh, you know, if they beat the Marlins, which I think they will. Uh, I think they're actually a good matchup for the Braves. All right, so it sounds like you like Tampa in the wild card over Texas. Sounds yeah. like you like Philadelphia over Miami. Who do you like? Minnesota, interesting series, Minnesota, Toronto in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Minnesota. Uh, I think. I think playing outside, like I said, the weather. Uh, they're what time? They play at four thirty. That's not too bad today. Um, but it's it's different. It's not playing in that dome in, in Toronto. Uh, and and they have a great pitching staff, uh, good bullpen. Uh, they score runs a lot of different ways, kind of kind of like the Marlins and the Rays can. They're, I know the Rays have a lot of power, but they got speed and they, they play with small ball. They um, so yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. You got Gossman pitching for Toronto. They're big gun today, so Toronto needs to win this game one. I think if they have any chance yeah. to win the series with Gossman, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you got your big dog on the mound. You got to this is the game you got to win. And then you got then you got the kind of the the the, the kind of the off the radar series Arizona Milwaukee. You got the pitching in Milwaukee. You got the uh, the int- intrigue of Kevin uh, of Craig Council. Is he gone? Going to New York? What's the drama there with the manager? The 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 president's already left Milwaukee to go to the Mets. How do you think yeah. that dynamic plays in the clubhouse? Uh, you know, I mean, the players. It shouldn't affect the players. Uh, you know. They they have a job to do. They're on the Milwaukee Brewers. That you know, next year's next year for for Council. You know, he's going to try to. You know, he's he's trying to win the series. Obviously, uh, I think uh, I actually think Arizona's going to come out though. Uh, Milwaukee's. You know, it's uh, it's going to be indoors. It's I, I like Arizona. I like the snakes. They got some mojo going. I know Milwaukee had had to battle a little bit for the central, but uh, I think the snakes are going to are going to take it out. Um, you know, they got some exciting young players. They have some, like I said earlier, they have some good top of the end pitching uh bullpen i don't know really if that's their strong suit it might be like an eight seven type of game right uh, but i think they have a, a superstar in corbin carroll and uh you know this might be his time to, to shine and uh he may end up being the darling of the playoffs if they can you know keep going all right so, and, and then and you like in the division we probably won't see in the division series we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have you back in the nlc the, the championship series previewing those in the World Series. You like Baltimore and Houston to get out of there, or do you think there's an upset team that can beat one of those two in the American League? Can the Rays? Yeah, yeah the Rays, The Rays. Baltimore is going to be a battle. Uh, you know, it's going to be a – I'm pretty sure it's seven games, right? The, I, yeah, that's – I don't know if the division might be best of five, I think, but I yeah. can't remember. But I'll – Oh, I think that hurts the Rays. If it's seven, I think the Rays have it because they have a better pitching depth. Uh, but it's going to be a battle. I mean, those guys aren't – they know each other. They play each other a lot this year with a lot on the line. Yeah, uh, you know the O's uh, got the best of them during the regular season, but uh, you know this is when it matters. And uh, um, yeah, I think the Rays. I think it's me raising Houston, uh, another matchup that from past years. And then the NL, uh, I, the second round would be Atlanta against Philly. I think that's right. And then LA, what LA, Arizona. If I yeah, so you have two divisional matchups there. Uh, again, teams that are familiar with each other aren't intimidated. Uh, I think Philly, especially after last year pulling it out uh yeah. they got the mojo you know that they, they can say well we did it last year you know it's and until somebody proves that they don't um they're gonna be tough to, to deal with uh Atlanta's been the best team all year their offense is amazing um but it's different baseball you know they're not gonna be hitting five six home runs a game you know they're gonna 
I think I think their downfall is going to be their bullpen. Honestly, uh, it's been kind of up and down all year. They had some injuries. Um, obviously, they have they have the great position players and offense and a couple of good starters. Uh, the bullpen's a little short, in my opinion. Uh, and I think the the Phillies pull it on through. So I think you got Philly in L.A. and Tampa and Houston. The other interesting part is you're gonna you're gonna be will be the impact of the running game. Stolen base. We saw what Acuna's oh, yeah. done running the bases. So many more stolen bases now th- this year with the with the clock situation and the, and the new rules. So which yep. teams can manufacture runs? Can you get a, instead of it being a one run inning? Can you make it a three run inning kind of deal? Things like that with with stolen bases and hitting and running and sacrificing oh, yeah. and just clutch hitting. Not even getting hits, but good outs. Moving, yep. moving guys along on the base paths, and and all that stuff matters. And, and you look at a team like the Marlins and, and the and the um, the Twins. They've been playing like that kind of all year, manufacturing runs. Uh, you know, getting a leadoff double and getting them in. That stuff matters in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a huge part. You know, two outs, Acuna gets a walk. Before you know it, he's in the scoring position. You know, or maybe even third base. So right. uh, wild, wild pitches come into it, and and yeah, it's gonna. You can only step off a couple times to try to, you know, hold them there. So it's it's a it's a whole new ball game. It's gonna be exciting. Uh, you know, um, that kind of play, that kind of baseball where every pitch in a close game, you know, it, that's what that's that's what you live for. That's why that's why we watch. Uh, and, you know, and, and the way the rules are now, uh, yeah, you know, you're down one or two runs every every you know every base runner's rally. So uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. And then teams that have been playing kind of like that all year. I think, uh, you know, the Rays can manufacture runs. They have guys up and down their lineup that can steal a bag or go first to third. They, 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 they're very aggressive on the base pass. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, every team has their guy. Uh, you know, the Arizona's guy, that's why they're here. They, they've been the best of the year. I mean, Arizona with Corbin Carroll and, you know, L.A., Mookie Betts can steal a bag. And uh, there's just so many guys that uh, Houston, you know, Altuve can still steal, Tucker can steal. Um, it's definitely going to be part of the game. And remember, fans, no 10th inning rule with a guy on second. We're going to play it out straight, straight up in extra innings. There will be some extra inning games here. The last kind of the sneaky part of the playoffs, too, and you hate to, you hate to bring these guys up, the umpires. The strike, <laughs> I mean, just the strike zone and things like that. And, you know, you probably won't – we'll see if Angel Hernandez – oh, my God. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how he gets playoff games, honestly. Like, he's, <laughs> worst, uh, he's the worst-rated umpire with the stats and everything, and he always seems to have a playoff game. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, just those kind of – I mean, just you hate to say it, the, the, the check swings and those kind of things, those moments <laughs> that you never know what could happen in a situation like that or the strike zone, a guy has a bad night behind the plate and really affects you pitchers or, yeah. you know, to good or bad, that can that can have, a, have an impact in these playoff games. For sure. You'd hate to see it, but you're probably right. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we'll see it on the internet and Twitter and you'll see the, you know, the, the K zone and all that stuff. Yeah, the K zone and the pitch way out and somebody bringing them up. Um, that's part of the game. It's baseball. Uh, you know, the call for, you know, the, the robot umpires and that's fine, but it's not here yet. So we have to go with what we got and, and, uh, it's going to be part of the game. It always has been. Uh, that's the that's the unknown. They just and how the and how these managers use their challenges too. With the limited challenges, yeah. do you wait later in the game, or do you, or do, or does that play in the third inning really matter enough in these playoff games that you're going to use your challenge in the third inning? You you never know, right? Because that, that you know, obviously you're going to use your discretion, but you only have like ten seconds. Like right, how fast, how fast can your discretion be? You know, like. If it's early in the in, in the inning and it's a call to get somebody on first and second, nobody out, like that could be the game right there. You know, like you never know, especially with the aces, the, these first games, you never know. Right. One, one run is all that matters. So 
Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I think baseball should eventually get to where football is, where every play is automatically looked at. And if it needs to be slowed down, you know, you can buzz down the umpires. But hold on, we're looking at this play. Right. I, I think eventually that's how we get to. Um, but we're not there. Look, just like the automated umpire, we're not there yet. So it, it is going to be, you know, it's part of the strategy. Uh, yeah, yeah. If it's really it's part of the strategy you have to use your gut and, and obviously rely on your uh your video guys telling you yeah we should challenge this or, or not so and you only have like 10 seconds now so it's not like you have you know 35 you know nfl they can look at the you know they look at the replay they have you know four, 40 seconds until right. the play clock so uh there's no timeouts in baseball so yeah and the last thing i'll get you out here talk about the thought process of you as the pitcher knowing every day you're available as opposed to in the regular season you might know hey today i ain't pitching I, I've yeah. pitched two in a row. I'm not pitching three. Whereas now, three game series, pretty much every guy in the bullpen's available every day. Yeah, you got to take care of your uh, off the field stuff for sure. You got to do your, uh, you got to rest. You got to do your rehab. Uh, you know, you got to save your bullets, as they say. You can't be, you know, throwing extra pitches in the bullpen, or uh, especially this time of year, you've had a long season already. And and but but also the adrenaline kicks in, and and you know you, you kind of. You know, you start warming up with 40,000, 45,000 fans, and you, you kind of all your, you know, all your, all your hurts kind of go away. So, um, yeah, it's 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 more of a mental grind. You have to, you know, you're, you're not that the regular season isn't mentally hard, but uh, you know, it's just you always have another game the next day. So if you mess up today, I, you know, I can go on a little streak here and have a good month. Or it doesn't work that way in the playoffs. Ain't no tomorrow, up, brother. Hey, Sometimes, yeah, exactly. So um, the guys like this, it's. The guys that can can block that out and, and perform are obviously the ones that that do well. Um, there's always those guys that you've never heard of or that just made the team in September or whatever that that seem to play a big role, either like pitch four innings and extra innings or who, who knows. But it's always those guys that that aren't the guy that seem to step up and have a big role for a team advancing. Well, you had an overrun, yeah, I mean, last, yeah. Last year, Eflin pitched his ass off in the Phillies. Uh, and now uh, he's, you know, arguably Tampa's best pitcher going in the playoffs right now. So uh, I don't think anybody was picking him last year to be, a, you know, such an important piece. Uh, right. And there's, there's there's guys that are going to have that opportunity and they're going to come through and it's going to be them. Well, you had a hell of a run yourself, man. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome analysis. Awesome. Uh, taking the fans behind the scenes a little bit with what you guys go through and all that stuff to get ready for these games and the pressure packed games that they are. So Chris Perez, awesome job, man. We'll be in touch as we get toward closer to the uh, championship series and the world series and have a great week watching the games. The Rays will be up first today on Tuesday here. Are the uh, It's interesting to me on ABC of all things. It's going to be network TV too. I know it's weird. Uh, I'm sure they have the ESPN announcers, but yeah, it's just uh, it's weird seeing baseball on ABC, but it is a, it's a weird time for everything. I, I try to log in to watch NFL, and you have to have five different services. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we'll, be, we'll be in touch, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.